Hi, I'm Ben Stiller, and you're listening to the Pantheon Network. Hey, I'm Nick DiMatteo, and welcome to Music Is Not a Genre, the interview edition MXG. This is interview edition number 32, believe it or not, and it is season five, episode 37 here. Very excited for my guest today, which I'll get to in a second. Please, as always, remember to support this podcast and everything I do at patreon.com slash music is not a genre. If you are just listening, please go to youtube.com slash at music is not a genre. You get to see all of the videos for every single podcast that I do and live recorded music and so much else, so much else. Uh, please go to my website, which is nickdematio.com, where you get absolutely everything. And as always, please listen to and support my band, Rec, R-E-C, at recarea.bandcamp.com. You can also find it, nickdematio.com slash music. With me today, very excited. We met through the Pantheon Network. We've been talking a lot about that. This is Nomad. Nomad is a music producer, music director, and session touring guitarist who has been heavily active in the industry since the 1990s. Side note, uh, sit tight because there's a lot of great stuff in this uh, bio here, and I want to read it all. Nomad has toured the world many times over. He's been featured on countless Grammy-winning records. He shared the stage with celebrity artists, including David Foster, Stevie Wonder, Natalie Cole, Kirk Whalum, Dave Koz, Cat Graham, Jewel, India Aree, and Carrie Underwood. In the studio, Nomad has worked with Justin Bieber, Barbara Streisand, Celine Dion, I Don't Think My Voice Can Go Any Higher, Aretha Franklin, Sting, Lala Hathaway, Josh Groban, Kobe K, Calais, and Leslie Odom Jr., which is actually a mutual connection we have, just to name a few. Nomad has also served as music director for Donny Osmond, an old fave, Scott Patterson, and Babyface. As a music creator, Nomad's style, much like his Cuban-Italian heritage, also half-Italian, is a hybrid of genres, pop, rock, Latin, soul, classical, funk, and jazz. Music is not a genre, loves hybrid styles. Although the guitar is its primary instrument, Nomad is fluent in over two dozen stringed and fretted instruments. Nomad's compositions are in circulation in over 300 TV shows, commercials, films, and chart-topping albums, something that I am a big fan of, uh, the, all of the TV stuff especially. Finally, Nomad is also creator of the career musician TCM, also a, you know, three-letter acronym, which is a social network of pro musicians sharing knowledge and personal experiences in entertainment created by musicians for musicians and empowering musicians with strategies for a sustainable career. It's also a podcast highlighting interviews with other industry professionals, providing insight and practical wisdom for the next generation of aspiring career musicians. And that is the intro. Nomad, how are you today? Dude, I'm great. Thank you. That was quite the intro. Oh, thank you. Hey, you you supplied it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Nick for podcast president. Woohoo! <laughs> hey, all right, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> well, thank you. I, I mean, humbled. You know, uh, uh, wow. Yes. Um, you know, I want to just make a note to people listening being like, Oh, wow, that's a lot of stuff. So, so what, you know, well, it takes time, right? It's that, that is a culmination of over 30 years of stuff, you know? So um, I am very grateful and honored to have the opportunity to speak with you and with everybody and share all my knowledge. And that's exactly what the career musician is here to do. I want, it is my mission, my personal mission to help other musicians make a living. 
Which is a wonderful thing. And as a career musician myself, uh, and we both know you need all the help you can get sometimes. And, and, you know, the more advice and insight and can, and connections with other people in the industry, you can get the better it is. And I want to talk a lot about that, but my first question is the question I usually start with. Uh, not that I've not already done it, but uh, in your own words, tell, tell everyone about you. Who are you? What's your story? Where do you come from? Why do you do what you do? We have all day. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, born, uh, born and raised for the first part of my childhood in New York, Long Island, or as I like to say, Strong Island, uh, <laughs> the east side, uh, uh, the well, the North Shore, Comac, uh, Smithtown, Suffolk County, basically. Okay. Uh, grew up in a bunch of different houses. So we moved around a lot. My parents were always entrepreneurs and my dad was always an, an artist of some sort, whether visual or musical or, or crafty or whatever. Um and uh, so we moved around quite a bit. I had like over, I've had over 30 physical addresses by the time I think I was 30. So something like that. So uh, that, hence the the acronym, the, uh, what do you call, the alias Nomad. That's my nickname for a reason, because I've been all over the place. Um, yeah. So I'm a New Yorker, tried and true. My father was from Cuba, migrated over when he was a young man, uh, assimilated, you know, spoke the language really well. I, my Spanish is terrible. Uh, my mom is Italian and I just got into music. So the, 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 the arts were in the blood, got into music at a very young age, uh, saw Eddie Van Halen on MTV back in 1984. Jump. Life was over. That was it. I was like, dad, I want to do that. And he's like, sure, no problem. Uh, so we went out and got a guitar. He got me guitar lessons. Got a little amp with a distortion pedal. I mean, like the whole deal. So I, really, that that was the inspiration. Then from there, I just couldn't stop. I got into classical music, jazz, fusion, you know, all rock. Uh, and then eventually I went to a, a performing arts high school in Florida. We, we went, we moved from New York to Florida. And the last two years of high school, I went to Dillard High School of the Performing Arts in Fort Lauderdale. Great school, great program. I had such amazing teachers and uh, they really helped me uh, build the foundation to which my entire career would be built upon. I mean, literally. So, yeah, that that was it. Right from that point, I was like, okay, it's 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 over. And then I met a lot of people who turned me on to all kinds of different music and and genres and ideas. And you know, I was studying music theory one through four, which is a college, you know, collegiate level, but in high school, you know. Um, so, yeah, so it really helped give me a leg up. And then I was, you know, mingling and playing with all kinds of different people from different areas, different cultures, different gigs and stuff. Met my homie Gary Williams. We call him G Money. Uh, he was playing a six string bass in 1988. A six string <laughs> in 1988. And he was like, bro, you need to come to church with me. I'm like, okay, I was born and raised Catholic. So I'm thinking, okay, I'll bring my acoustic guitar. He's like, no, bring your electric. I was like, are you sure? He's like, yeah, bring your electric and your amp and your distortion pedal. I'm like, Gary, get out of here. You're tripping. Man. <laughs> that was my first experience in real American black gospel, African-American music and church culture. My head was blown off. I was like, wait a minute. So you mean to tell me we got blues, jazz, R&B, soul, funk, rock classical all all these different elements thrown into this big stew 
and we call it gospel. Oh my gosh. So at that point it became my, 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 uh, freaking, uh, obsession. So then, then I got turned on to that. And from there, I was just literally everything. And right out of high school, one of the sax players in the band that I went to high school with called me one night. Hey man, you want to come and audition for a gig? It was down on Fort Lauderdale beach at this nightclub called September's. If anybody knows, I don't know. This is uh, 1990. And I said, yeah, I got the gig playing six nights a week, six sets a night, a hundred dollars a night. No, Siri, Siri doesn't understand that concept. A hundred dollars a night. Uh, So 600 bucks a week playing six nights a week from 9 p.m. to 3 a.m. In a 12-piece top 40 band. Uh, so that was it. So here I am, eight, 17, 18, done. Like I, I was in it, it, from that point on. It just no turning back. That's that. Jeez, that's amazing. That's a lot of uh, that's a lot of ingredients in that soup. And I can see why you know the why you describe your music the way you do, and why it sounds like that. It's just all those influences just coming together. It's pretty incredible. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles, plus awareness mode. Available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com pantheon. Buyraycon.com pantheon. Hey folks, Stefan Shirazi and Renee Richardson here from the Metallica Report. And we are proud members of the Pantheon podcast family, where the best of music and podcasts unite. We've got something pretty cool for you. We're giving away an exclusive Metallica merch package worth over $250. That's a whole lot of scary guys, skulls, M72, and other sought-after Metallica swag. And we've made it easy for you to win. Follow and share the Metallica Report, and you're in the game. Go to pantheonpodcast.com slash Metallica, enter your email, and hit that button to be entered to win. And just like that, you're eligible for our monthly exclusive Metallica merch package. And guess what, rockers? You can enter every month. So just do it. And while we love our global brothers and sisters, the lawyers won't let us ship outside the U.S. What the, you you yeah. said that uh, you got your said you got your start. I think that's how you said it if, with the, with the teachers in your school. With your as a, as yes. mentors. what do you mean by that? 
Right. Oh, that's a great question, man. Uh, so Daryl Kunish, God rest his soul. I miss you so much, Daryl. He was my first mentor. It's so funny because now we throw that word around all the time. Back then, nobody used that word. Nobody was saying, oh, he's my mentor. No. <laughs> he was. It just We just didn't vocalize it. Right. I didn't even realize what was happening, but he was help helping, you know, craft my career trajectory. You know, uh, he was the teacher for electronic music, top band or top 40 band and rock ensemble. And in, in this school, because again, it was a performing arts high school. Well, he had the very first digital design DAW, digital audio workstation yeah. at the school. Oh. Which is digital design. It then became uh, Pro Tools, okay. right? And Avid, you know. So, so he was teaching me how to program MIDI in 1988 and 1989. Wow. So that's so crucial because that's how I learned my programming chops, right? And then he was also teaching me about Al Jarreau, you know, uh, uh, Donny Hathaway, Stevie Wonder, Earth, Wind, and Fire. And then we were doing the rock ensemble with all the other rock bands. You know, so, I mean, it's like, there was so much he was teaching me. And then I had Gary Goldman, who was the guitar instructor, and he was teaching me jazz and classical guitar. And then I had Jack Covell, who was the orchestral and theory teacher, who was teaching me music theory one through four and, you know, orchestral concepts and arranging and all these things. And then I can't remember his name, but there was another teacher who was doing cinematography. So then I was studying that. So it's like, oh my gosh, to be, what what, what age are you in that in those grades? Uh, 10, 11, 12. I guess you're what, 15, 16? Yeah, my daughter. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. To be that age and get exposure to all those things, you know, from professionals, that, that's uh, something that I don't take lightly. Now, today it's more commonplace. A, a lot of institutions and schools of all kinds are, you know, you know, implementing these t- types of systems. But back then it was kind of unheard of. So, yeah, those guys really, they really helped me develop the, the platform for which. Yeah. And, and on every front, too, you know, you know, between the music itself and the doll and the and the cinematography. Geez, I, you, you're right in that. Uh, my uh, son just finished his uh, freshman year at the Cleveland Institute of Music. And uh, one thing that I was super impressed by during the parent orientation was that, and I'm sure, like you said, many schools are like this now from the get go, they, they get on board with not just the music that you're learning, of course, and, and, and how you conduct yourself on stage and all of that stuff, but your career, just the nuts and bolts of a career and how to put the whole thing together. And having gone to school for music myself, I can tell you that that really did not exist at the time. You had to search for it and you were lucky if you found people that you could call mentors, even if it was, you know, after the fact. Uh, and, and I'll say in preface to my question that I had a lot of help. I had a lot of, 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 of advice. I had a lot of people to go to at times when I needed to make one step or another step but I, and coaches and all of that, but I never actually had a mentor. I, I can't, there's no one I, in my life I could call a mentor, someone who could look kind of, you know, not just at the details of your career, but macro and say, well, this is how you need to put the pieces together to get to where you want to go. How important do you feel was that in 
in where you are today, where you've been and where you are today? I love that question because much like you just said, I, I claim that too, that I've never had a mentor and I still don't, and I really desire one. <laughs> so let me, let me clarify the, the, how I, how I categorize Mr. Kunish, Daryl. Um, he was being a mentor and I don't, I don't know if he even realized it. I certainly didn't realize it, but in, in just giving me little hints. He always told me, sing, learn how to sing. And I used to hate, no, I'm never going to sing. I'm never going to be a singer. And sure enough, he was right. Because if I would have learned how to sing at an early age, I would have gotten more gigs, right? Because if you can sing and play, now you're bringing two assets to the table. Um, so in that way, he was mentoring me, right? But we never sat down and said, okay, this is how you go about your career. I want you to do this, this, this. We never did that. So in that sense, I never had that type of mentorship. Okay. I could, I can't express enough how much of, you know, an impression that would make on anybody, how, how valuable that is, how important that is. So anybody out there who thinks they need a mentor, you're right. <laughs> go with your heart. If your gut and your heart is telling you, man, I wish I had a mentor, go find one. Now it's not to say that you just hit somebody up. Hey, will you be my mentor? No, I mean, obviously, do your research, figure out who in your life, you know, could act as this. But and it might be a little compilation of several people for several different facets. Right. So one thing that I always think of is uh, it has to be I think it should be somebody older than you because they have more life experience, number one. And that, that might be, you know, obvious to some, not so obvious to others. So definitely be somebody older. It should be somebody who has walked in the lanes that you want to walk in, right? So if you're seeking a music career mentor, it should be somebody who's had a good career in music, you know? Uh, And also it should be somebody who you feel is wiser or smarter than you, right? Who has, you know, more experience, done more things than you like. And also I, I think it helps if they're successful or at least more successful than you are currently. Mm-hmm. So in other words, you and I are probably around the same age or somewhere, but the same yeah. era where we had that 70s, you know, early childhood and 70s, and then yeah. the teenage years and 80s. So now we're thinking like, okay, well, we would need to go to somebody above us, right? And, you know, so I think of people like, you know, David Foster, you know, uh, Ricky Minor, you know, that kind of thing where it's like, oh, okay, these guys have done a, a lot more. Uh, but somebody today's day and age, maybe they'll look at us as mentors, you know, a 20 mm-hmm. something, you know, we could be a mentor for them. So, yeah, I think it's invaluable. And yes, I can't say enough about it. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I want to come back to that because I know that that's a, a lot of what you do with your with your business too, you know. Which I, I I'm glad that we're talking. Uh, we had discussed earlier uh, whether or not we were going to do a short form or long form interview, and I'm glad we're talking long form. And I had mentioned that before because uh, there I knew that if we talked about this topic, there would be a lot of things to pick apart, and and the details to me is is they're they're essential but they they're also what kind of draw me in and what hopefully draw the listener in the viewer in as far as well there are a lot of uh things out there that you can go to youtube tutorials and and all the kinds of things books and all of that it, it's it's difficult to weed out what yeah. is the right fit for you and why 
And unless, and, and if, if you are fortunate enough to have worked among people and stumble on or form a relationship with somebody in the course of that, who will, even if they're not a mentor, will help you out and give, you know, whatever you want to call it. And that's the relationship you have, you know, then good for you. But many of us don't have that, that kind of fortune. And so in order to get the kind of guidance that we need, we would need to look to, again, you know, a course or a book or videos or whatever it is to put those pieces together, the missing pieces that we that we know are there, but we don't quite know what they are. And those are the the little things that get us to that that next level that put that package together that allow us to say, well, you know, my big thing is. Other than recording music, it's licensing. It's sync licensing. I'm, I'm, you know, working year after year trying to get more sync licensing. Right. Then that's the lane I'm looking for. I want to, you know, I want to know more about that, you know, for just for one example. Or you want to be a touring musician or, or, or a teaching musician or whatever it is. There are all these different lanes you can pick as a musician, just being specific enough to know that hey, you may not like all those lanes. It may just be one or two that 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 are yours. Focus on those, and then to have that focus and know where to go to get the advice and information you need is just incredibly valuable. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, do you want me to expound on that, or I think so. I think uh, you know. I, I said well, let's. We're going to talk about this later, but it's just it's now. It's just so on my mind. I think we need yeah. to jump to it. So yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, I man, everything you said is 100% spot on. Uh, YouTube, aka YouTube University, right? So we've all heard that, which just means just do deep dives on YouTube. I've done deep dives, man. Speaking of tour, I've been on tour where I've done deep dives, you know, because you, you go to, you're in your hotel room, you have a day off, or maybe it's after the gig and you're all wound up, you can't go to sleep. I've done deep dives on YouTube that have kept me up till all hours of the night. And then I'm, <laughs> kicking myself the next morning because i got to get up so early to to go to the next city you know so yes youtube university can be a black hole of information the problem is it's not structured and if you look at any curriculum the reason why it's called a curriculum is because the people who have the experience aka the teachers and Mm -hmm. the staff right uh have curated this information you know, distilled it down into lesson modules, but then collated it. They put it in order and they did that with the knowledge of how you should learn things in a chronological organized manner. So you will have the most comprehensive form of this knowledge and then you can apply it. Now, I know that sounds really basically do it this way, not this way, is what that means, right? And so, <laughs> you know, if you look at any enumerated list, you say, oh, today I got, man, I have so much shit to do today. Is it all right if I use some language? I mean, yeah, it's- or music. Uh, <laughs> you know, so much shit to do today. I don't even know what where to start. Well, don't just wake up and start. Sit down and get a piece of paper and make a list. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yep. lists. I live by now lists. Now you have a plan for yep. that day, right? Well, same thing with schooling and learning and education. 
Don't just be like, oh, yeah, YouTube. Oh, how do I do this? Oh, okay, cool. Got it. And then do- sure. And it's a very useful tool for that. And I use it all the time. We all do. From changing a spark plug to figuring out how to get this plug in to work on your DAW to figuring out this cool B flat minor 13 sharp 11 chord. Sure. You know, mm-hmm. all, all this stuff, it's great, but it's really like just a little, uh, tool that, you know, you know, an amendment, right? You just have this little, okay. But for the actual learning something, you should have a method. If remember again, Mel Bay method, right? <laughs> we, oh, I know you, totally. <laughs> Mel Bay was a, a book publisher for musicians that they had this whole entire method for any instrument you wanted to learn. And it was the Mel Bay method, you know, yeah. There's so many of them back then. Books were obviously the the thing, and and now not so much because it's more you know online and it's more streamlined and cyberspace with all this information. So yeah, you have to have a formatted plan, and that's where the career musician really does come into play. So there's there's so much that I want to talk about in that realm, but I don't want it to sound like I'm pitching the, my company, the career musician, because I don't care where you learn this. I don't care if you learn it from me, if you learn it from Nick, if you learn it from a mentor personally, or if you go to freaking Berkeley or UM or wherever you go. I don't care where you go. Come to me. Don't come to me. But what I'm telling you is learn it in a formatted method, right? So, yeah, two things I want to talk about real quick. So I wrote a book called The Career Musician Ethos. How to stop chasing gigs and start building your music career. Mm. Because what happens is, as musicians, you know, look, you, you want to be an attorney, there's a program. You go to law school and it's all laid out. You want to be a scientist. You want to be an engineer. You want a doctor, a, ph- a physician, whatever. It's all it's all laid out. There's these programs and methods that have all been predetermined. Very easy. You follow those steps, done, come out, make money, pay off your loans, start making money. Next thing you know, you have a big client roster. Now you're out playing golf. Yay. Okay. That's it. There's no method like that for musicians. So when I say how to stop chasing gigs and start building a music career, what, what I mean is 15, 16, 17, 18, we start getting some gigs. Then we think, okay, cool. Oh, well, I made $300 last night playing a wedding. Cool. I need to get more wedding gigs. Okay. Who can I talk to to get more wedding gigs? Okay. Oh, man, I did a session for my buddy the other day. He paid me 150 bucks for this one song. Cool. Man, but then somebody else called me for a session. I made 500 bucks in a couple hours. Dude, I need to get more of that. So you start going into hunter-gatherer mode. Like you're like, I got to hunt. I got to hunt the sessions. I got to hunt the gigs. I got to hunt the... And that's all you can do because there's no method. There's There's no chain of command. There's no order. It's literally a chaotic process of hunting and gathering morsels Got that's it. exhausting yes how yes. do i know it's exhausting because i fucking did it for yeah. the half of my whole career oh yeah i feel that <laughs> and anybody who's been there knows what i'm talking about and that's yeah. what you're, you know nick knows god yeah god so, yeah you know, if you have somebody helping you put this into a methodical kind of plan and and and, and pattern and, and such, so I call it the POA, plan of attack. Okay. So uh, you know, plan of attack, plan of action. That's the POA, and that's part of the book ethos where I say, this is how you write your POA, mm-hmm. and you have to adhere to it. What does that take? Discipline. 
And then here's my thing to musicians. They always say, oh, man, but I'm more free. I'm creative. You know, I got to go. Okay, go with the flow. But you have to be disciplined at some point. If you're a law student, you can say, I love the law. I have the passion for the law. And I studied it from the ancient civilizations of the Greek and Romans all the way up through our democracy. I love the Okay, but you also have to understand scheduling, billing, business basics, interpersonal relationships. You have to understand all that, not just the law. If you just studied the law, you would just be a theologian of law, right? But if you're an attor- a practicing attorney, then you it's an amalgam of all these different things. Same thing with a musician. So you actually have to not just be disciplined on your acts. I don't care if you can play the craziest, fastest months, technical things, slapping the guitar and bending it and turning around and throwing it around your neck and taking the drums and pour. I saw a guy pouring water in a drum and hitting it. I'm like, that's all cool and fun and creative. Yeah. But it's just shock value. It's just hyperbole. It's just entertainment, and that's fine. If you actually want to be a practicing, working musician, you need to have a disciplined structure, and that's where the POA comes in. Because what got you here to this level, if you're a really good musician, I don't care what your instrument is, and you are hireable, what got you to this point is not going to get you to the next point. It's not. You can't just keep practicing eight hours a day and thinking you're going to be the next biggest thing. No. Now you have to start shifting your priorities and your daily agenda. Sorry, I know I'm long-winded sometimes. No, I love that. I love all of that. I I can barely read the notes that I'm scribbling here. Anybody can see, you know. Um, Yeah, because it's brought up so many questions. First of all, I think I'll just start by saying I am a natural student. Uh, I, I love books, but I love learning in general. And I I'm always looking for ways to improve what I'm doing and, and learn more and all that. And and the one thing I do find is that the structure, the structure I, I have, I create myself and that's okay. That's great. And it usually works, but it can be kind of exhausting because I've got so much information and then so many tasks that I'm doing week after week after week, you know, And, and it would be nice it's it's like, okay, so last year I hired somebody to do social media for the podcast and for the music and all of that. I've done it myself for years. It's a lot nicer when somebody else is doing it who you trust because that's just one thing off your plate and you know they're speaking in the language you want to speak and all of that. If I know I want to learn about again, I'm gonna use I'm gonna use this as an example because it's because it's huge for me and it's both actually, but recording music original music, uh, putting it out, whether it's streaming or sales or whatever, sync license, anything you can do with that music, I'm absorbing it and trying to, and trying to put it into action. And I know, and, and I want everybody to know out there that I am not a fan of infomercials. I, I don't like them. And this is this, there's nothing about this. It is. And, and even though there, it, it's, I'm coming from the same standpoint that many of you are coming from, which is a working musician who would like more work, who would like maybe to go to another career level, uh, knows knows enough to keep things going, but may not know, you know, the, the thing that gets you to that next level. And at the same time, um, living in Astoria, doing fine, 
but I'm not taking, you know, flights all over the world or I, I haven't, you know, I don't own a car at, at the moment, things like that. So, so money is tight. So the, the part that always trips me up with all of this is good, valuable information you can find anywhere. But like you said, the structure of it and making it a course and the collation and the, and the step-by-step plan, the POA and all of that is the, is to me, again, the information you're paying for, but the, the structure of it is what you're really paying for. And being uh, a musician who's putting, putting, you know, uh, paying bills week to week, month to month, whatever it is, what would be the, the buy-in or incentive for people to put that money down to say, I know this is valuable information, but I, you know, I just paid the X number just to get groceries delivered and I don't have anything in the bank or whatever it is. Why is it valuable to spend that extra money? Well, because I always say this, if you're not willing to invest in yourself, then why should I be willing to invest in you? Why should anybody be willing to invest in you? Now, let me let me frame that, though, before you turn this episode off and get pissed off at me. <laughs> Listeners, uh, I've been there. I've been where I've had negative $3 in my account, negative $50, negative $500. I've been in where I was negative $3,000 in my account. And I'm like, oh, what am I going to do? Because certain bills that I paid went through and they, it just, it, it all got mixed up in, in passing. Mm-hmm. Right. I've been there. Uh, I've always had one thing. Now I don't care which deity you serve. I, like I said, I was raised Christian or, mm-hmm. or don't serve or which deity you believe in or don't believe in. These are universal principles. You must have faith that it's going to work. If you think about it, you meditate on it. You talk about it. You nourish it in your heart and soul on a daily basis. Fight the negativity with positivity. And the way you do that is you got to keep putting positive information into your brain. And how do you do that? Listen to as many podcasts and YouTube things and read as many books and audiobooks as you can that are giving you positive energy because that is the forefront of the battle. There's a battle going on here. And these are universal principles. Remember, universal laws. Again, I don't care religious or not. The universe has principles. And if you focus like this and you really just go for it constantly without giving up, you're going to achieve it. So if you don't have the money today, put it on credit. And if you say, oh, I'm maxed out. Okay, then wait until you do have the money. Mm-hmm. Well, wait a minute. Do you need those pair of new kicks? Do you need this new video game? Do you need that new whatever? Okay. Or is there something you can sell? Okay. I have this. I'll give you an example. I have this launch pad sitting here. Love yeah. these things. I have. Love them. Please. Haven't used it in over a year. Mm-hmm. If I needed to buy something to invest in my future, I could. What do you think? I could probably get like a hundred. Maybe 120 bucks, I think, for this. I don't, I don't know the market, but I would have to look and see what I paid for it. Okay. You know what? How much is the course? 97 bucks. Great. I'll sell something. You see what I'm saying? You got to think outside the box. Look, yeah. invest in yourself. Yeah. And here's how deep this is. When I would work with a celebrity artist, multiple Grammys, platinum albums, you name it, everything. If they said, hey, I want to do X, Y, Z. 
I'm going to come to them with a proposal that says, all right, well, this, this, it's itemized, right? And all these, and then at the bottom, I have the budget, right? This is the proposal. This is what it's going to cost. If they say, oh, there's no way we could do that. I say, well, let me know when you're ready and I'll help you execute. And that's it. Why? Because if they're not willing to invest in themselves, why should I? You know, I'm I'm learning so much already. Like I say this, I don't say this often, but I've said it. I said it last week with Christian Swain because that dude has a lot of insight. And, you know, and I'm saying it again this week. And that is my head is exploding with just questions and thoughts and all of that stuff. And I, I want to I want to start by people, especially fans of yours. You may not know music is not a genre. I I like getting personal and I don't mean that specifically with guests I do that's great and I'm, and if the guests can too that's awesome but you'll hear me uh do a podcast on uh, a few weeks ago I did one on U2 or I do one on the Beatles or I do one on uh UK hip hop or whatever it is I'm going to bring in the personal experience personal thoughts and all that stuff so I'm going to start with my with my response to everything you just said or one of them by bringing in something personal, which is that uh, you said two things that mean the most to me as far as the long game and and just keeping keeping yourself, you know, able to continuing all of the work and activity you're doing week after week, no matter if you're having a great week or a so so week or a terrible week. And those two things are faith and investing in yourself. And I will say that the, like probably many people, the pandemic gave uh, me, uh, I mean, some were less fortunate. I was fortunate enough to have had an opportunity to reflect and to have time to recenter my career and, and my priorities. And the one thing I started with was faith. And again, yes, I was brought up Catholic as well. I'm, kind of agnostic now that's not you know that's fine again whatever you believe is awesome but faith isn't just about religion like you said it's about believing in yourself and your mission and 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 really anything or you you know your partner or whatever else it is Uh, starting with that is how you build the positivity and the forward motion that you need to keep things going and that has already propelled me in the last three, four years, really, it was started even a little before the pandemic to, you know, being able to make connections and and accomplish things that I, that I didn't even imagine prior to all of that. But that next step, and this is the step that I think has, has, has tripped me up is, is investing in self. And, and it's not that I never have, because I, obviously I have this stuff and I, you know, whatever else I need to keep, you know, things moving. The, the, you know, Hoffner here uh, that, that I enjoy, you know, playing. I was just saying to, to some musicians the other day, how much I love those basses. God, yeah, they feel so good. Right. Uh, So, you know, all of that, that's fine. But when I started out as, as, uh, you know, again, we're around the same age and I'm sure this still happens a lot. Uh, One of the first bands that I formed uh, when in my early 20s was a band called Ape Cafe. It was, uh, you know, meant to be kind of goofy, you know, punk, uh, progressive music, whatever. And we had some fans locally. and And this was in the Philly area before I moved to New York. And then we wanted to branch out. And the first opportunity we got 
which the other, another guy was actually the leader of the band. I was the lead singer and, you know, whatever, uh, played keys at the time, uh, was, was a lot of pay to play gigs. So mm. starting out my first thought as a, you know, and, and people who would you counsel me and all of that say never pay to play. And what I think happened there was in my brain that morphed into if, if what you're getting isn't tangible, an instrument, studio time, a, a producer or a musician, a session musician or some other thing, then, then don't pay for it at all. And I surrounded myself with other musicians who were the same way. And that served me fine for a while because I was able to keep some of the money and whatever. And I, and I've been using the same, you know, Ableton for years and I love it and, and it, it serves me well and et cetera. But what I found lately is that it got me stuck to the mm-hmm. point where I'm on Patreon. I mentioned it earlier. I'm part of a Patreon creators club for uh, singer songwriters. And one of the meetings we had was, was, I'll bring it up again, was on sync licensing. And there are a lot of people who haven't had any or maybe a, a friend's, you know, whatever, which is awesome. It's uh, anything like that is awesome. And then there's the people like me who have had some and are hungry for more or whatever. And then there was a guy who was more in kind of where you are, where he's had, you know, a, a whole, a, a good, decent amount, a bunch of placements. And yeah. I asked him, you know, he said, Oh, I belong to this and this and this. And and he mentioned a bunch of different outlets where you can put your music and, and, and he also mentioned like sync licensing rep and all the other advice that that is important. But my question was what's worth paying for? Because Mm. I'm part of a few different, you know, free outlets like centric music and, and uh, there's a guy who runs a thing called Song Runner, and he'll put pitch briefs up and things like that. And but all that is is free. And to me, that felt right when I started it, and now it feels like a roadblock because I I think a lot of the placements that he has been getting, in particular, are coming from th- these where well, you get what you pay for. If you're paying for something, if you're not paying for it then it's possible that the quality of the pitches you get aren't uh, aren't quite as good or they might be good but nobody's going to hear you because you don't have you know the the inroad that you need to get the music heard and and all of that so i'm coming to the point where investing in myself is not just about instruments or hiring mus- you know musicians when i want to play my next gig i'm working on a new rec album i'm going to be hiring musicians it's it's about the 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 information or it's about you know what's a how do you shoot if there's if there's a contact sheet that you know that's out there that's been compiled by somebody i'm putting money aside now to make those kinds of investments because it's either that or kind of like you said earlier with the with the guy who's looking for the next session or the next gig you're just kind of pulling in like one after another with no plan and then it it keeps you you're doing fine here but it doesn't get you here and i think that that applies to everything you're saying the career musician and and the book and all of that and kind of just your approach to how can you get to the next level right right I love it. I mean, you just, yeah, everything. It, it's it's funny because it's when we talk about these things, it seems like there's so much to unpack in each little segment of of vocalization because 
There is. <laughs> yeah. Um, and just I'm, I'm 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 scanning, mulling it over now. So um, sure. What I would say, well, a couple things. So let's pick one thing at a time and let's start. Okay. Uh, get what you pay for, right? I mean, that's a classic old cliche. We've all heard it. Um, but seriously, how many times have you eaten McDonald's or some other fast food place only to go home and realize, wow, I shouldn't have done that because now I'm tethered <laughs> to the bathroom. I can't, yeah. you know, it's like, man, that really did not agree <laughs> with me. Okay. And especially the older you get, that happens. But maybe some younger people have IBS or whatever. I don't know, whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, you're like, oh, shoot. But then you're like, the next day, you know, like, I'm not going to do that again. I'm going to make myself a nice salad. Throw in a bunch of vegetables, throw in maybe some chicken breast or turkey, or maybe you're a vegetarian, so I'm just going to not eat any meat, but I'll put in beans or something, something to give you some other protein source. And then you're like, wow, that was a good lunch. I feel good today. You know? Well, yeah. So so it took two things. It took effort, number one, because now you can't just go to the drive-thru window and just instantly say, here's my burger, you know, uh, you had to get in the kitchen, but then number two, it took a little bit more. So maybe the combo meal from McDonald's was eight bucks, nine bucks. Although now they're like 10, 11 bucks, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, whatever. So let's just call it 10 bucks. Okay. Yeah. But when you go to the grocery store and you buy it, by the time you buy all those vegetables and some protein sources, some dressings, or you, or you buy the ingredients to make your dressings that cost you 23 bucks. Well, number one, you get what you pay for. However, think about this. Number two, what happens after you eat the burger and the combo meal? It's gone. There's no more food after that. But when you spend a little bit more money and you put all these ingredients together and you exert effort, what happens? You have meals for another two, three days. Mm -hmm. Ah, What just happened there? Sustainability. You created a sustenance now for two, three, four, five days. Versus getting an instant meal that was gone in five minutes and there'll never be any traces of it. You can't, there's no sustainability, but this other way you had a sustainable meal every day for the whole entire week. Now, you know how I learned this lesson most when I got married to my wife, she's like, stop going out to lunch. I'm like, yeah, but baby, she's like, stop it. Spend $30 on Monday. You will have lunch for the whole week. And darn it, she was right. <laughs> you <laughs> yeah. know, so it's like yep. spend a little bit more money, put in the effort, and, and 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 see when you say why should people spend money? Okay, fine, but you can't just spend money. You can't just because I believe me, I love convenience and I love delegation, and I love working with professionals. But what I learned is number one, you. You will pay for convenience, and that's fine, but you better make sure they're qualified because if you pay the wrong person, you know what's going to happen? You're going to spend your money and not get the results. So you can't have spending the money without the other part of the equation, which is effort, okay? So M-E, money, effort, me. You're Mm. investing in me. You spend money, you put in the effort, and I'm investing in me, and now you're going to have sustainability. But 
you don't just spend you can spend fifteen hundred dollars on a on a course a digital on-demand course that you can have access to anytime and it's, it's going to teach you how to license your music it's going to teach you how to produce like a pro it's going to teach you how to uh uh solicit your band uh with all the labels it's going to teach you how, whatever it is fifteen hundred dollars mm-hmm. but if you buy that sucker and it sits on your hard drive hmm. what's it doing absolutely nothing yep if you buy it and you're implementing it every day and you're going through the lessons and you're taking notes and you're putting in the consistent effort now you have me in the money and the effort right incredible it's uh speaking of Catholic, it, it reminds me of that parable, you know, give a man a fish eats for a day, teach a man to fish eats for a lifetime, you know, like. That's it. That's yeah. it. That's all it is right there. I, I love ME, the money effort. I, it's, I never would have thought of you. You are, I mean, clearly, I, you know, your track record and I read your bio and all of that and musician and all of that, but you're a teacher too. Yeah, I, I, I have a passion for teaching. I always love teaching. I used to teach private guitar lessons when I was very young, probably 14, 15 all the way through, I was about 20. Uh, I didn't enjoy it because most of my students weren't serious. I had one serious student. His name is Michael Filippi, and unfortunately, he passed. Um, and oh. God rest your soul, Michael. And he was younger than me, and I just loved him. He was the the guitar player, the other guitar player in my band, my first heavy metal oh. band back in high school. Oh, wow. Um, and you know, so when I, have, when I had him, I was that's when I discovered how passionate I was about teaching, but I didn't, I never liked teaching people. Uh, hey, I want to learn the latest green day song. I want to learn the latest cope. I want to learn. I have no interest in teaching that shit, man. <laughs> even to this day, because even my daughter, when she comes to me, she's a great guitar player. She's like, Hey, I wanted to learn this. I'm like, okay, great. I turned her on to YouTube one time. And yep. now she's like, Hey dad, check out what I learned. You know, <laughs> I don't have the desire or the patience to teach somebody something that they can learn on their own. What I want to do is open a new perspective, right? Give you a new purview of something that maybe you didn't think about from this angle. You ever, cause we, now everybody's filming. So when you film, whether it's with your phone or the, 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 you know, the streaming cameras or an actual DSL or, you know, a really good camera, when you put it here, you get this one. And then if you go like this, you're like, ooh, I look skinnier. Oh, I'm using that angle. <laughs> if you put it here, you're like, oh, that's cool because it shows my guitar and a little bit of the computer screen. But if you put it here, you're like, whoa, that shows this whole studio wall. You know, it's all about the angle, man. <laughs> so uh, nice. Wow. That's how I like to teach. <laughs> so you feel like the like the court, you know, the book and the course that you've created is a way to teach that and and so you you think that that comes at things from uh, different angles, right? Thank you, thank you for yeah. for, for yes, yeah, I really appreciate your uh, putting that into perspective. Yes, and here's why: everything I do, everything I teach, I do, and I've done. Right. So you know the old saying, "Oh, well, sure, if you can't do, then you teach." Yeah, okay, but guess what? because I've done it. (laughs) Look at the resume. I got receipts, baby, as the kids Uh say. It's all right there. Look at the resume. And guess what? I'm still doing it. It's not that I did it. It's that I did it. I'm still doing it. I'm going to continue to do it. Mm. So 
And that's how I teach. So when I say pro-level sessions, we have this course called Pro-Level Sessions, which teaches you really how to produce and record pro-quality tracks from your home studio or your mobile studio. The way I teach it is how I've done it. I've recorded for some of the biggest artists and biggest TV shows and films playing guitar or composing and arranging from my home studio. And I've made good money, knock on wood, you know, yeah. grateful yeah. from my home studio. And and I teach you how I did it. Now, I'm not saying I am the expert. I am not saying I am the, the be all to end all. No, I'm saying this is how I did it. And if I can do it, surely anyone can, because I am nobody special. You know how I know? Because there's 8 billion of us on this earth. (laughs) Look, sure, we all, you have to have self-love and you have to, you know, love yourself. Yeah, but at the end of the day, we are mere, mere, mere specks of dust. I mean, when you think, when you, like you said earlier, that macro view, when you zoom out and you think of everything that's in this universe, when you think that the fact that you and I are, first of all, just sitting in our rooms 3,000 miles apart talking, but we're sitting on a giant sphere that's spinning and rotating, Mm. floating in this black hole we call space. Come on, Dick. (laughs) (laughs) Yet you think somehow you're special in your music, not you personally, but you know, Oh, I'm the best. And this is why I say there's no fucking room for egos, dude, because we could be smited out like that. Mm. I mean, suppose, suppose all of a sudden the universe said, you know what? I don't like this planet earth anymore. I'm going to omit it from the solar system. And all of a sudden the earth implodes. Then what? Yeah. Yeah. Then what? Does anything matter? Yeah, it's like this, you know, the saying like uh, they say everyone is unique. No one is special. You know, you bring what you bring to the world and nobody else can bring it. But it doesn't mean you are any better or worse than anybody else in the universe. You know, right. Yeah. So so I say that not to be (laughs) I didn't mean to get so doom and gloom. But what I'm trying to say is that, yes, everybody's unique but no one is special but so that's why i want community i'm all about community so getting back to how i teach this is how i did it and i know that if i did it you can do it and you could do it and they can do it and he or she and them and everybody could do so and by the way the whole premise is this that i build everything i do is built upon this one premise is the fact that methods change principles remain Methods change, principles remain. Think about mm-hmm. that. Method. Mm-hmm. How do we used to record music? It used to be onto a cylinder. Then it was onto the vinyl. And then it was onto reel to reel tape. Then it was on the cassette tape. Then it was yeah. on the digital cassettes and, and VHS tapes via using ADATs and things like yeah. this. And, the, and DA88s and all this other stuff. And then there was a DAT machine. And then, and then now it's a computer and it's all digital numbers information. So those are the methods of recording. They have changed. And guess what? They're probably going to continue to change. Mm. But what's the principle? The the principle is capturing capturing a musical performance. So it can be listened to again and again and again and again. That's the principle. That's never going to change. 
That print, you want to experience that. Now, that principle might be enhanced, especially with AI and VR and all that stuff coming. The, mm. the way that we consume music and music experiences and music performances is going to continue to evolve. Those are the methods that are changing. The principle remains humans love music. That's not going to change. Yeah. So that's how I teach. This is the principle, the core principle. Here's the method. This is how I do it. Now, you might come to me and say, Nomad, that's great, but check this out. I do it. And I'll go, oh, whoa, that's cool. I never thought of that, Nick. Thank you, bro. And then that's what, so what happens now we're going like this and all of a sudden we're swarming around as atoms, but then all of a sudden, bam, now we're collaborating. And then bam, too. Oh, now we have a band. Oh, shit. Now we have a 12-piece band. And that's collaborate. And that's community. So that's why I speak like that. That's why I'm saying you're not special. Look, I don't, again, no doom and gloom here. It's communal, right? And that's how the best music is made. And it's from my experience. Same thing with the book. That's how I teach it. Now, the cool thing about the book, here's why I got it validated. I got it validated in the form that I asked David Foster to write the foreword, and he did. I saw that, yeah. Why did I get it validated? Because I wanted people to know that I'm not just some crazy lunatic saying stuff that I don't actually live. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So David said, this guy's legit. I've worked with him. Bam. You can trust him. Man, I, I, there, there are a couple comments I want to make. To, and then I want to lead up to a, a question about uh, the recording and we're going to do an affiliate and all that stuff. But first of all, uh, the fact, and, and, and I think this is really important. And that is that teaching and doing is not, it's not a, a black and white either, or you can do both. You can do neither. You can do one or the other, and that's fine. And I think it does mean something that, you know, there is a perception that someone who's teaching either, they know stuff they may may or may not have done it or they have credentials, but they they're out of the game now. And this is the way, this is the only way they make their money. And so they're just taking what they learned and, you know, selling it to people, but to be doing actively doing both, first of all, is not easy because it's like two, you know, full-time jobs, but it's, yeah. Right. And, but it also shows that it isn't, it isn't either or. And I, and that, that actually is, that's important to me. The second comment I wanted to make was that this idea of community and, and no one is special. Uh, I mentioned her in the intro that we have sort of a mutual connection that you interviewed Leslie Odom Jr. Mm-hmm. I was fortunate enough to have a speaking role in a film that he was in, uh, Many Saints of Newark. And we hung out backstage uh, you know, we got to, I got to, to sit with, um, John Bernthal and David, David Chase and like a bunch of other people. And the one thing, and this is not the first time this has happened, but it's, it, it's one of the more recent ones. The one thing that I can say about that level of creation, and I mean, even the director who directed huge, you know, I think he directed one of the Thor movies and all that stuff there, you couldn't find ego. You just couldn't find the ego or if it was there, it never got in the way. Everyone was there connecting with each other. It felt like a community. Everyone wanted the best from each other and from themselves. And and to me, the more 
the more work I do and the more people I encounter and the, and the, the more that work is significant in one way or another, whether it's financially or artistically or whatever it is, the more people like that I yes. run into. Yes. Yeah. First of all, Holy cow. I love that movie. I didn't know oh. you were in it. I'm going to have to go back and watch it now. I'm the guitarist, you know, <laughs> and who does the comedic, you know, I do a joke in the thing and then I, you know, get caught oh, in shootouts. Cool. Yeah. Oh, okay. Frank. I can't wait. I'm going to go, I'm going to go watch it again and capture that. <laughs> I love yeah, that. Right. Yeah. Oh man. Second of all, yes. Okay. I have something about egos. Do you remember the, first of all, Leslie Odom Jr. is the nicest dude ever. And for those who might not know, he was one of the lead roles in Hamilton. And for those who might not know what Hamilton is, it's a huge Broadway play that just Google it. It's amazing. Uh, Lynn Manuel, just the whole thing, just absolutely amazing. Uh, and Leslie is an actor and a singer, and I've worked with him on a couple of his albums oh. and he is a, um, He's a class act and he's a talent, like super, super talented. Nice guy. Nicest guy. So um, number one, number two, sorry. Kudos to you for that film work. And and then, uh, you know, the old saying, this is how I do egos. And I just said it last night on one of my Instagram posts. Um, You know, the old saying, opinions are like assholes and everybody's got one and they all stink. Yes. (laughs) Well, just swap out opinions with egos. Egos. Egos are like assholes and everybody's got one and they all stink. Look, and I hate to be so blunt, but it's the truth, man. It's like, come on. Don't really. Yeah. Yeah. We all have egos, dude. We all, first of all, to be a musician or an artist in any way, shape or form, you have to be narcissistic. You have to be like, that was good. I'm good. I just did. (laughs) But then at the same time, what's the next thing that happens? You have that. And then the next literally, a millisecond later, you're like, I suck. I'll never amount to anything. I'm awful. Why should people listen to me? And then the next day, you'd be like, ooh, yeah, that's good. I'm good. I did good. And then the next millisecond, I should be living under a rock. I'm horrible. I can't believe this. I'm <laughs> such a fan. I mean, that is just the ride <laughs> of oh, yeah. being an artist, you know, right? And and I also want to talk about that. And this is why I believe we should have no egos or we shouldn't let the egos rear its ugly head. We got to make sure we keep the ego in check, right? Mm-hmm. Because like you said, once you get to that level, that upper echelon, you can't find egos because everybody in that upper echelon lived down here for so long paying all their dues and they all learn this lesson at some point or another. If I have an ego that gets out of hand, the people at the top aren't going to want to work with me. Oh, and you might learn it at a very young age. You might learn it in the middle. You might not learn it until later in life, or you might learn it here and then be reminded here, reminded here, reminded here. Remind- you yeah. might have to keep learning that lesson, right? Sometimes yeah. life has a way of doing that. You know, like I, I heard this one speaker and I can't remember her name, a uh, fabulous Christian speaker. I, it's, it's escaping Joyce Myers. Now I'm, I'm not, I'm not condoning Joyce Myers. I'm not endorsing her, but she said, you know, look, you're going to get a series of tests from God. Again, however you believe you're getting these tests from the universe. Mm-hmm. And if you fail that test, you're going to get that same test again. Might be in a different way, but you're going to get it. Every time you fail that dang test, you're going to keep getting it. So if you get enough ego tests in your life, <laughs> there's going to come a point where you be like, dang, okay, I'll stop with the ego. And then, yay, you pass that test. There's that. Something else I want to talk about is the resistance. 
uh, an amazing author, Stephen Pressfield. He wrote the movie about golf with, uh, what's his name? Not, not Harrison Ford, the, the other actor that kind of reminds me of him. What's that golf movie? Not uh, Kevin Costner. Bagger Bants. Uh, ba- oh, Bagger Bants. Yeah. 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 He wrote that script. What's that? Was Matt Damon in that one? Yeah. I think so, maybe. Yeah. yeah he wrote that script, which ended up turning into a screenplay and blah, blah, blah. So he was yeah. Stephen Pressfield. But then he's he's always been a writer. And he wrote this book called The War of Art, not The Art of War. So The Art of War, um, <laughs> the Art of War was the original one written by the uh, philosopher from back in the day. But yes. The War of Art talks about when you're an artist, you're directly connected to the muse, right? The Greek goddesses who are the muses. I think there's 11 of them. Anyway, we're directly connected because we've been blessed with this talent that we can tap into that portal. And that's where we get our creative juice from, right? However, when you're creative, and I said this earlier, a lot of times you kind of have to go with the flow. It's free flowing and it's very flex and it's very, you know, Hey man, when inspiration strikes, that's why you might wake up at two thirty in the morning, and be like, oh, what was that? I gotta go record that, you know, because you never know when it's gonna hit you, right? So you have to be open to that. However, you do have to be open and flexible and 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 fluid and willing to work with things, but you also have to employ some discipline along the way, and that's another ego killer. When you sit every day in a studio or and just work. It's going to kill your ego naturally, organically. You won't even have to worry about it because just by doing the work every single day, you're going to start to realize how little you actually know (laughs) and how much more there is to learn, (laughs) right? It's just like working out. When you go out and hit the gym every day, you realize, dang, well, look at that guy's arms. How did he get such definite? Oh, man. Oh, there's more. (laughs) I got to get back to it, you know, so. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I digress because I'm I'm, I'm no, I love digressions like that. I uh, I'm gonna have quick a quick comment. I had the the good fortune of being able to interview a guy who does a podcast on the history of the English language, and learned from him that we talked about music and stuff. But we learned from him that the word music started its life out as an adjective, and it was meant that the something that was created as if it came from the muses. That's where music came from. And I think that's such an important connection to keep in your head. But I want to go back to this because I think, first of all, we only have like seven minutes or whatever. But uh, I want to go back to the idea of recording music at home on a DAW. I have a friend who is starting to make his own music, but primarily he's been a critic his whole life. And that's wonderful. He's a great writer. But he comes at it from the point of, well, I can tell when somebody made music on a DAW at home and, and you know, it, it just doesn't live up to his standards or something. And my contention is, no, you can't. You, there's a lot of music out there that you have no idea where it was recorded. And if it was recorded, in, in, and again, properly can mean 20 different things, but in some of the way that it creates the sound and the palette that you want, then it could be done at home. You know, most of what I do in the last 10, 15 years, I've done at home, you know, and and it works out fine. For any naysayers, I always use the case study of Billie Eilish and Phineas. 
Yes. Phineas is her brother who was the mastermind producer and they did the whole friggin' album in her bedroom. Yeah. In their bedroom. They had a shared bedroom, I think. There's that this little tiny bed and a little computer desk. The whole friggin' album. Multiple billions? Like not a billion, tens of billions, like ridiculous amounts of streams and, and, and platinum qualifications over and over again. And they're both very wealthy now. And they did it in their bedroom. In their bedroom. They made that album in their bedroom. So I'm sorry, you can't you can't argue with that. <laughs> and and that kind of brings me to this, which is you have been generous enough to make me an affiliate for your yes. program. And we're, you know, I'll have all the details in the in the text, whether you're watching this on YouTube or you're listening or wherever you are, the, it'll all be in there. Uh, but for the information we have now, can you explain a little more about uh, the career musician? Talk a little bit about the remix contest and then yeah. how how my being an affiliate can tie into all that for people. I love that. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So, uh, you know, affiliate marketing is a term that's been thrown around like crazy, uh, but it's nothing new. If you look online, you're going to see a lot of videos and a lot of ads and a lot of things. That, hey, you want to learn how to do this and do this and buy this and click here. And it's basically, like you said, the equivalent of an infomercial. <laughs> um, here's how I think about it. I, I, I almost call I, I almost prefer to call it an ambassador or like that's why I use the, the term community a lot because we are a community. Mm-hmm. So I think of it as like, hey, we're ambassadors of one another's agenda. You know, hey, my good friend Nick has this really cool platform, blah, blah, blah. And he talks about this. You should check that out. Hey, my good friend Nomad has this cool platform and he talks about and and if you think about it, we all have extension you know uh, uh countless extensions like that right yeah yep. so we're all helping one another out as a community and that's the way i like to think of it now let me let me bring it back to the to the money the finance hmm. when you are a big musician you have a manager an agent right and how do they get paid it's called a commission when you're a real estate agent how do you get paid it's called a Commission. <laughs> when you sell a car, how do you get paid? It's called a commission. That's what affiliate marketing is. In other words, if Nick says to his audience, if Nick has a hundred people in his audience and Nick says, you know what? You should check out the career musician and my buddy Nomad because I think it might be able to help some of you because some of you are looking to record really high quality sessions from home. You should check this out. And if one of your audience members buys my course, then why should I not give Nick a commission? Right. Nick is entitled to a commission. I would have never met Sally from Nick's community if it wasn't for Nick saying to Sally, you might want to check this out. <laughs> so think about it. A small percentage of something is better than a large percentage of nothing. Yes. Absolutely. Right? So that's how I think of affiliates, you know, ambassadors, community, we're building that. Now, one thing I want to talk about when it comes to monetization of the materials that I produce for education. I know we're musicians. I know we're struggling to piece together a living. That's why it is one of my biggest 
concerns or, 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 or priorities to figure out how to make this affordable for everybody. So you're never going to see my courses or my, uh, you know, uh, books or anything at a, at a ridiculous price. It's always going to be at a very reasonable rate. And I can't put a number on it yet because I don't know what I'm, I'm going to create in the future and, you know, and how extensive it's going to be. But like, sure. you know, like this course right now, pro level sessions, it's under 300 bucks, which is ridiculous because the amount of knowledge that you're getting, first of all, it's not just me teaching. It's me teaching all the guitars and bass and how I've done it for 30 years making a living. I've been doing remote session work since the 90s, by the way. Oh People love to throw this term out remote. It's nothing new because of the pandemic, but I get it. It's nothing. I've been doing it since the 90s. So I teach you guitars and bass. My buddy, Richie Pena, has a full-blown drum studio in his basement up in Pennsylvania. And he's played for everybody who's anybody as well. Charlie Puth, Ariana Grande, David Foster, Babyface, Boys to Men. That's how, I mean, I we know it. So he's teaching you how to record live drums like a pro. Eric G., who is also involved in the career musician, he teaches you how to do keyboards and programming and some vocals. Now, he has a huge experience. He he actually got his bachelor's degree for teaching from CSUN out here. So, you know, we have a whole team teaching you this. For under 300 bucks? Wow. It's ridiculous because honestly, the course should be, it should probably be like around $3,000 for the material, for what it is. So in other words, if you took this course at Berkeley, absolutely. It would easily be anywhere 1500 to $3,000 just for that one credit, just mm-hmm. for that one credit. But we're teaching you how to actually have a sustainable living by doing this, right? So again, you know, there's that. But you know, don't take my word for it. Go, go do some research. Go look online. Go ask people. And look, here's the thing. Teaching is personal. We all learn in different ways. We know that some are visual, some are readers, some are doers, you know. So I know me, I never read instruction manuals. Mm. Like Ikea, ugh. I hate reading in this. And I'd rather just like figure it out, you know, even like in, in the garage. I'm not the most... Uh, mechanically, you know, uh, <laughs> you know, per- mechanical person, but I'd like to figure it out. Okay, let me do this and I build this. You know, so that's me. I'm a figure outer, you know, uh, and that's how I teach. I'm like, hey, this is how I did it. Now, how did I? Le- I watched somebody else do it, and they taught. But watch out for this. And how do I know you shouldn't put the gain too much? Oh, because I've done it before. And then the client says, hey, man, there's some. There's some distortion on that track you sent. You know, oh shoot, I, mean, I don't want that to happen ever again because I want that person to call me back. We learn from experience. Yeah. yeah, does that make sense? Yeah, I mean that makes a ton of sense. The the fact that you have all these experts, you know, uh, in this course, it it does sound like it's something that would would cost more. The, the I guess the one question I have about it, you were talking about guitars and bass and vocals and all that stuff, drums. It does the course or include anything about uh, mastering, mixing and mastering? Uh, yes, it does a little bit, but not a whole lot. Uh, okay. And the reason being is because we're kind of doing in stages. This first portion is like, hey, this is how you record your tracks really well. A couple little production tips, in, you know, thrown out a couple little mixing tips here. For sure. But what we're going to do as time goes on is we're going to we have this thing called the pro level uh, artist series. 
So then I'm going to bring in specialty people. Like I'm going to get a super dope mix engineer and mm-hmm. have them teach their principles in the course. And, you know, we're going to start to get more celebrity musicians and celebrity engineers. And so we're going to do that like the artist spotlight of pro level sessions because okay, everybody, cool. everybody is recording from home nowadays. Every, oh. well, not only from home, from home and on the go. Like, everybody yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah yeah that's awesome that's great because that's a that's always been the kind of missing link for me is I'm, i've you know gotten pretty adept at recording at home but that that finishing process is the one thing that i think you know would be i'd love to see uh I, I like you said i just got the information sent to me about the program and it includes before we wrap up uh, uh something about a contest that is a remix yes. of Miley Cyrus's Flowers. Yeah. So, you know, it's so funny because I was talking to a good buddy of mine, Michael Elsner, who did uh, Master Music Licensing, talking about, you know, licensing. He has a great course on that, and he's had crazy success in that area. Uh, and um, we were talking the other day, and he said, you know, it's education is not just one directional it's not just from the teacher to the student Hmm. it needs to be interactive it needs to be experiential for for everybody you know so i was like man that's a great point so that's what gave me the idea to do this contest uh and it's just contest i hate contests but (laughs) i call it a remake remix challenge because that's the terminology nowadays but um basically i did my own version of flowers. Everybody loves that song. Like my wife turned me on to that whenever it came out last year, whatever. Yeah. And I was like, that's a really good song, you know? So I, I just always liked the song and I was like, well, what if I did my version of it? So I did. So I programmed some grooves and then I took my uh, flamenco guitar and I just started messing around with, well, what, what would it sound like if I did, you know, if I did these little, uh, you know, you know, uh, there's some of these you know nice you know just some of those i'm just trying to think of the melody yeah that melody i'm trying to think of melody sure sure you know but anyway so i was like let me take some of this flamenco stuff and put some beats to it. So that's what I did. So it's nice. my version, right? And I was like, well, this is neat. And then I burned them into stems. So you have like flamenco rhythm guitar stem. You have like an electric guitar stem. Then you have, you know, a kick, snare, all the little drums and all the little elements. Mm-hmm. Like, let me throw it up there online and say, hey, take these stems, remake it, remix it in your own way. Yeah. Absolutely no boundaries, no guidelines, limitless. See who comes up with something cool. And whoever, you know, here's the other thing. How do you judge something like this? Because I I always preach art is subjective. There's no best guitar player in the world. There's no best drummer. There's no best singer. That's why I don't agree with the concept of the voice and American Idol. Me neither. They're fun. They're fun. It's entertainment. But there's no best. It's not, there's no metrics like in athletics. Sports, you could say, okay, well, this hitter had this many home runs this many okay so he gets the award it doesn't mean he's better than the other one just because he got more 
they're both really frigging good athletes. You know? Right, right, exactly. <laughs> you know, who's better, Aretha Franklin or Ariana Grande? They're both amazing singers, but they're totally different. Aretha would, if it wasn't for Aretha, Ariana couldn't exist. How about You're that? Right. <laughs> you know? but, but they're both really great. You know? you so, yeah, there you go. So, so I, I hate using that term contest. It challenges a little better. But anyway, the winner <laughs> is going to get the pro level sessions from home for free. Oh, the pro level sessions course, our pro level sessions, you'll get it for Excellent. free. All right. You'll wow. also get ethos the book uh not a physical copy but the digital ebook awesome. um just because we want to we want people to be more like i want to say yo check this out oh look at what so-and-so did look at what this person did you know so and what i'll do is um i'm going to figure out a way you know to highlight different people we'll probably do it on socials where we'll take like oh we'll check out so-and-so from new jersey this was a cool you know we'll just take a little clip oh, or, cool. this one arizona did that you know but then the winner the winner was you know maybe we'll do Three winners and runner up kind of thing. I don't know, but we oh. have a rubric. You know, how do you t- how do you judge it? Well, we actually have a, a, a score rubric. You're gonna be you're gonna be judged right. on your ability to get clean signals, like how cl- like no clipping, no distortion. Mm-hmm. How well you used EQ? Did you? Is the bass too boomy? Is it go where it blows up your speakers, or is the EQ just right? Mm-hmm. Is the high end too tinny, where it's like. Or did you level it out nice, you know? Oh, so there's it's kind of technical metrics, but then there's going to be like, well, were you creative or did you just take my stems and add oh, your voice? Yeah. You know, yeah. How creative did you get? Did you add right. like Jimbe? Did you add, I don't know, bagpipe, whatever. You know? Yeah. Oh, so that's great. Like, hey, just have fun with it. Go for that's it. That's awesome. That sounds like fun already. I now this is going to uh, air or would debut this episode June the week of June nineteenth, twenty twenty three. What's the what's the deadline for the remix? Right now, the cutoff date is the twenty first. So uh, you know you'll still have three days, nineteen, twenty, twenty one. Get it in. Just have fun. Yeah, man. yeah. We, yeah. We might extend it, but depending on how many uh, uh, entries we have, you know, if we have okay. A ton more entries, we'll extend it, you know. Um, but I, I want to like let's do it, you know. Have fun with it, and and listen. Yeah. There's no, I I I I don't care. Like I have no ego about this. Just have fun. And the whole idea is, I want you to come up with something better than mine, you know. Like, don't yeah, excellent. Uh, so I, we're gonna wrap up here in a second. Is there anything else you want to say about? I guess I guess I should say that anyone. Uh, I'm going to set up all that information, the links and everything. If you do, uh, and I recommend, you know, taking Nomad's course, uh, go from my link. I would appreciate it. And I'm going to be exploring it myself. Uh, is there anything you want to leave uh, the audience with? Man, you know, nothing other than, you know, sheer gratitude to you, Nick. I really appreciate you taking the time to ask me all these questions and interview me because again, I, I you know, I truly believe it's everything we do is community, you know, with the, look, there's so many musicians on, on the face of this earth, you know, uh, yesteryear and, and present and in the future. And not mm. one of us can take the credit for anything because, you know, again, art is subjective. We all take ideas from, everything we've heard you know so and if it wasn't for our predecessors we wouldn't be here you know i mean i think about like you know when you when you think about how america was formed and and african americans came over as slaves and then eventually they were freed and then eventually their music became 
the fabric of American music. It's like yeah. we wouldn't have the blues. We wouldn't have gospel in the in the way that it is now. You know, we wouldn't have rock and roll in the form that it is because that was such a huge influence on everything that was created here. So it's, you know, West Montgomery, you know, uh, I mean, yeah. money, water, I don't care. Go down the list, you know. Yeah. It, wow. Those, if it weren't for those icons, we wouldn't have what we have. Mm-hmm. So you know, gratitude, attitude, the, the attitude. Attitude of gratitude is the best to have. You know, my wife always says yep. that, and I love yep. that, and I agree with it, you know, because as soon as you think, oh, this sucks, I but, you know, I have all my digits. <laughs> I have my eyes, my ears. Right. Yeah. Like, so that's we just, if you start, just that's that's the message, you know, really. Um, anybody could reach out to me online. You know, it's the career musician everywhere. All the all the socials are are, you know, the career musician. Excellent. Nice and easy. That's great. Yeah. And I am, I'm very impressed and affected by your uh, humility and your gratitude and your generosity. And I appreciate you coming on the show and talking to me. This was amazing. Thank you. Awesome. Next time I get up to New York, we're going to connect or when you come out here to LA. Oh, damn. Absolutely. Let's do it. Let's do it. We got to hang. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Uh, thank you again to Nomad for joining me. And thank you all, as always, for watching and listening. As you know, my objectives here are music, conversation, and connection. Thanks again, and I will talk to you next week. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.